The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones, your movie review podcast found exclusively on the network at BICBP-radio.com. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Sean. Are you alive? Sean is alive, uh, and much like COVID, he is he is without COVID, but he is also still without COVID, cure, the cure for the co- common COVID. <laughs> the cure, cure for the common COVID, take two. Dude, um, so the vaccine's there, right? Are you going to be one of these in, in line to get it yet, or no? Nah, you're going to wait. Um, I haven't been offered the COVID, the the vaccine. Yeah, I don't think I fall into. So in North Carolina, it's in phases. I yeah, think how are they doing? I have, the same. I have no clue how they're doing it to be honest. I only know this because I have a friend or two that's in the healthcare field, and they said that they were because they work for like UNC Health, mm-hmm. uh, which is part of you know the the that that network of you know, they have access to my records more or less. Yeah. Uh, UNC health. Uh, there's a couple other ones too. And, and they, um, all the, everyone that works there is entitled to it. However, the employers have asked certain non patient facing personnel to defer their, their, um, their, their turn in line until later, until all the frontline healthcare workers can be vaccinated. Okay. And when they told me that, my question was, do you think that they're going to wait, the executives and everybody else that is also non-patient facing? Nope. Naive people will say, sure they will, of course. <laughs> and realists or cynicists, cynicisms is, yeah. people like me will say- Realist. I mean, it's just real, yeah, Exactly. Dude. The world is cynical because, I mean, we're being real, right? Yes. It I is. like to think that I am the cause of all the cynicism. <laughs> <laughs> or we're being or real I'm, because the world is cynical. That's that's yeah. what I'm saying. Or at least I'm like top cynicist. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, those people are. That's cute if they think that their boss is going to, uh, yeah, or their boss's boss's boss or the executives are going to not, yeah, pass on it initially. But uh, yeah, I'm not in phase one. Uh, I'm just. I mean, I work for I work for a company out of New Jersey. I don't know how that would work in New, North Carolina. But at the same time, I also travel from across state lines, which who knows when that'll become a felony. Um, but, right. uh, you know, and, and by air. So it's like, hey, you buy a plane ticket and you're already a criminal. Erin was just telling me this and I don't know. I, I didn't look into it, but she told me that she saw something about it, but she's physically seen it happening. Um, so recently we've been noticing helicopters going back and forth, right? But in the same line, not like they're just coming around and then going off to wherever. It's a back and forth kind of a thing. And apparently what's happening is... Did ca- she just watch Goodfellas? Can- <laughs> Canadians are having their cars uh, put on flatbeds and brought over to the States 
and then they're taking helicopters over so that they don't have to drive through, you know, because they, they won't be allowed in and, and vice versa, I think, unless you have like, you know, you're working in the other country or whatever it is. But apparently Canadians aren't able to drive in right now. So they're ferrying themselves over by helicopter. That's a very expensive thing to do. Uh, right. I, I read I read a week or two back that there was a guy who took a jet ski, a, 40, a four <laughs> and a half hour ride. Did, did you hear about this? No. It was, uh, he was, uh, it was somewhere over near the Isle of Man. And I don't know where that is, but I'm assuming it's somewhere near the UK. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to look it up because Who cares? why would I? <laughs> uh, this guy had a, he had met a girl in September when he was working on the Isle of Man. And then he had to go back home. But he's like, I wanted to see her. And it's been two and a half months. So he bought a jet ski and... It should have been a 45-minute boat ride. It was a four-and-a-half-hour jet ski ride because I guess he got lost. Maybe they don't make jets. Maybe they don't make GPSs for jet skis. Um, He's like, I he, swear uh, it looked like it was in that-ish direction yeah, when the was, sun's about here. And I was just like, it was on the left side. Well, no matter if you turn 180 degrees, your left is always on your left. Yeah. But if you're going left, it's, uh, oof. Yeah. That's why we have, you know, true north and uh, everything else kind of falls in line from there. But Jeez. yeah, he got arrested after about two days of wandering around because there is a no import of people or you know, probably not the right word import. There's yeah. no like immigration or They're visiting anyway, or anything yeah. without proper permits, which he had applied for. And they're like, nah. no <laughs> reason for wanting this is a girlfriend <laughs> just <Yeah>. met. <laughs> I worked there three months ago and I'd like to see her again. And they're like, that's cool. Denied. O- office crush. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was a roofer oh, and he was God. building a house there. Good so uh, there's a lot of details there for any listener that really cares to go look this up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't um, know about how true the, the, the Canadians and helicopters thing is. I'm going to have to look it up, though. Um, Stopes.com. Yeah. Yeah. Again, or, I don't have oh, the energy to do it right now. Creep to- that's a history creeps topic. What's that? Uh, oh, the helicopters? These, yeah. black yeah. The black helicopters, right? Um yeah, dude, it's 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 definitely interesting the way people are are still trying to I don't know, not you know do what's safe. The system. Yeah, just do what's safe for everyone, man. And it's so annoying, man. It's really you know so what gets annoying. me the most is what gets me the most is people that wear masks from the nose, you know, and yeah. it's covered from their upper lip yeah, down. I'm the like, dick noses. Oh, we call them nose terrorists. <laughs> but if we're at an airport, which the misses and I have been at an airport. You we can't call say them NTs. That, huh? Yeah, I was going to say NTs. You can't really say the word terrorist in an airport. Mm-mm. It's like saying bomb nope. on a plane. Yeah, we call them NTs or FTs or if they're not wearing a mask at all. Yeah, NTs. Um, dude, all right, let's get into what we're do- talking about today. We are we're doing. Uh, I believe we said we're doing robot terrorists. A, a movie about what? <laughs> about what? Not terrorists. Robot terrorists. Robot terrorists. Yes. Or apparently they're supposed to be the defense against terrorists. Yes, we are talking about probably one of the most cutting edge sci-fi films. The robotics are amazing. I'm just going to give you the rating now. No, I'm just kidding. We just watched Short Circuit. From the director of the highly acclaimed War Games, John Batham, comes yet another unforgettable movie. God, I knew they'd pick me. Just knew it. It's the ultimate soldier. A bizarre story of a robot that goes one step further. Number five has become something new. 
all because of a short circuit. Being a robot was rather a boring occupation. What if you don't catch it? What if it goes out and melts down a busload of nuns? How would you like to write the headline on that one? None too. For number five, life had a little more to offer. Don't tell me its laser is still on. Bimbo. With an insatiable appetite for knowledge. My input, Stephanie. It's malfunctioning. But it could decide to blow away anything that moves, couldn't it? Number five is an inquisitive creature. Who is a rather playful and endearing character that is trying to sort out the refinements of life. It doesn't get happy, it doesn't get sad, it doesn't laugh at your jokes. Number five is alive. Whatever it takes to put that stupid contraption out of commission, gentlemen. No disassemble number five. Number five is alive. How can number five convince the rest of the world? They're going to be after you. we got to get out of here now. Oh, not disassemble. How it happens, who the hell knows, but it has happened. Get them. Shanghai. Hi, Dad. Outstanding. Steve Guttenberg, Ali Sheedy, and number five star in Short Circuit. Number five is alive. I ha it has been a very, very, very long time since I saw this film. Yeah, it's um, this is one of this was one of my go tos. The first one specifically here. Yeah. Um, uh, although the second one I have seen parts of, and the third one I have read the movie script, the potential script, which, whew, <laughs> let's just say, Law of Diminishing Returns definitely applies. Wow, uh, when from two to three, but yeah, this is uh, this is a movie that when I was a kid, I was like, "That's cool," because the whole concept is neat, mm -hmm. you know, way ahead of its time in 1986, and it had Steve Gutenberg, so it was bound to be a hit, right? Right. I mean, the Goot was like the he was the kind of like the you were going to have a, a, I mean, not a blockbuster, but it was going to be a successful film. He was he was one of these actors at the time who, not that he had anything too special. Maybe his comedic timing was pretty you know on point, but he seemed to be in almost everything in the eighties. I mean, he was the Will Smith of that time. Yeah, we're in you know, movie blockbuster. Will Smith. Will when did he go wrong? Well, probably like ninety nine, two thousand two. There you go. Uh, we're going to be definitely getting into the cast here, but you're right, man. When you're a kid. This movie is one of those movies where it's it's it is cool. The robotics are cool. I mean, when we were little kids, robotics were such a cool thing. It was like this is going to be the future, right? It was going to be like the Jetsons that have uh, what was the 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 Rosie Rosie coming by. You, you need your tea, Mister J. Uh, and she had some tood also. Yeah, <laughs> she had the tood program programmed in, dude. Um, but this film, I remember, I was as I was watching it. I just remember thinking to myself, I could see why I liked this a lot as a kid. It's got a lot of things that really, you know, kind of attracts that childlike wonder. Um, but it is definitely different watching it as an adult. Well, I mean, you think about it too, like how relevant is is this movie now in terms of combat terrorism or combating terrorism, not combat terrorism. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, but also um, with like an AI that is has deep learning and like evolving itself. It's effectively it's like an Ultron that is happy. 
Yeah. Well, isn't that the isn't that the thing uh, when it does come to sci-fi when you start going into droids and robotics and things like that? Um, there's always this kind of idea of what happens if it becomes self-aware, right? It becomes kind of like a human, if you will, have emotions and 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 be able to think on its own and not just what it's programmed to think. Um, it, and again, you know, it, you'll see that all over the place. You'll see it through all, all different parts of, of sci-fi, and it's always all different versions of it, right? Is it going to be evil? Is it going to be something to fear? Uh, is this something that you you want to take care of because the humanity of you in you comes out? So I feel like this is one of those movies that kind of brought those questions up in a, in a nineteen eighty what is eighty seven eighty six kind Six. of comedy. Um, but let's get into it, dude. The plot. So this film is basically the idea here is that the military. Do we know what branch of the military it is? Because all it's those a, guys it's a were military contractor. It's a private sector. Oh, okay. I was gonna say all those all those uniforms. I they looked like security mall cops. They were. Do you know what I mean? Um, but the, yeah, there's so there's this this you know private contractor that that is creating these robotics, these uh, saints, right? What does it what does it stand for? Uh, so saint is the. Strategic artificially intelligent nuclear nuclear yep. transport. Nineteen eighties, dude. You, it has to be nuclear, right? Um, Two thousand twenty has to be tactical. Exactly, uh, like a shovel. I want to see what this this remake is going to look like in two thousand twenty one. Um, are they? Uh, whoa, 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 no, no. <laughs> I've not heard there anything. Have been talks of that. There are have you been serious? talks of that. Of not not twenty twenty one, but like twenty ten. Oh. You know. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely jump in on that conversation here in a bit. But the idea is is these time robots. Out, time out. Yeah. Time out. Hold on. You joke about that. Oh no, they're rebooting it. Wikipedia says on November 15, 2020, so just near a month Get and a half ago. Get the hell out of here. Deadline reports that Spyglass Media Group has bought the rights to remake the James Vanderbilt uh, uh to remake with James Vanderbilt through his 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 company yeah. Project X Productions. Uh, some people producing and writing John W. Hyde returning as EP executive producer alongside somebody else. The company has plans to put a Latinx twist on the original screenplay. Okay. Oh boy. Well, so it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be short circuit story with the Los Locos gang from short circuit Two. <laughs> Are you familiar with the Los Locos uh, gang chant? No, not I mean like I barely remember. Wasn't Short Circuit 2 almost like Home Alone 2? It was lost in New York. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, what but I thought. The Los Locos gang wanted to take Johnny 5 and uh, Johnny Cinco. <laughs> Juan Cinco. <laughs> uh Cinco de Johnny? Yeah. Uh but they had a chant whenever they would uh, you know like warriors come out and play, mm-hmm. but it was they would do it as opposed to um somebody else saying it. Uh, it was, uh, and I'm going to recite it like a slam poetry. Los Locos kick your ass. Los Locos kick your face. Los Locos kick your balls into outer space. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you got to love it. You got to love the writing back then, man. Um, um, mm, no. So the no, idea the idea with the original short circuit, this could be interesting. I had to look into this reboot now. The original uh, is that these the this this company is creating basically these anti-terrorist machines, right? It's to it's to fight in war. Um, and 
they look like they could be war machines. They've got like they shoot lasers. You know, they've in, instead of legs, they've got what do you call those tracks? Kind of like treads, right? Tra- like tank like, treads. Yeah. yeah, treads don't fail me now. Um, and and so that they've they've got five of these, right? You know, these saints: one, two, three, four, and five. And while they're you know getting ready to kind of show off for for senators and congressmen and trying to get basically the government to sign on to this. Uh, a storm rolls in and lightning strikes one of the units, number five, which ends up scrambling his 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 um what do you call it? His his programming. Yeah. Although they said it was plugged into a generator. <laughs> Generators are typically a self reliant power source. It so there's there, a hole. I mean there's so many different like, things in this yeah, movie. A battery charger, maybe? Yeah, easy. Car charger. Uh this thing ends up the programming gets fried and any he, he becomes self-aware mostly and and the the hijinks ensue because he kind of goes off into town. Um, there's Ali Sheedy's in this and she plays kind of this heroine that that not even a heroine she's just I don't know what kind of a character she would be. Not, By, a, a, a bystander. Yeah, right. She she gets kind of swept up into this, uh, and we get introduced to the Goot. Mr. Gutenberg himself, he plays one of the scientists that's creating this robotic scientist, right? This programmer. He's and, the main one, yeah. And He's then the uh, uh, Newton Crosby PhD who hasn't been hasn't driven in five years. And we're going to He's read about girls. <laughs> this is the worst part of it. Like these <laughs> this guy and, and Fisher's uh character, uh Ben 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 something. Ben, yeah. Um Dude, I don't know. Like you're talking about some brilliant guys who and and they act like they don't understand anything. I mean, what was his what's his name? Fisher. What's his last name? Stevens. Fisher Stevens plays, uh, you know, an Indian and uh, from India, Indian. Um, and or, or as they're called in, uh, it, it, not in America, Asians. Interesting. Learn something new every day. But this. Uh, this guy, for being he's is he supposed to be a brilliant scientist too? Because yeah, but he, he hasn't doesn't quite understand English. Yeah, he doesn't understand words like and and it's really, <laughs> bro. When he literally talked about his hard on, I was like, <laughs> all right, man, what is going on in this movie right now? Um, a lot. Yeah. So the idea is is the scientists are, and the the this private company are going to try to bring Johnny back to get him re, re you know reprogrammed, and Johnny's very self aware now. Uh, Johnny Five, we call he calls himself Johnny, uh, but the number five is 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 basically self aware and doesn't want to get reprogrammed because to him he it equates to death being disassembled, and so that's what this movie's about is uh you know this whole group of people trying to get the robot. It's basically like E T with robotics. Yeah, he's learning about life and how with certain certain actions can, you know, there, there's no going back from certain actions. To one point uh, where he basically says, you can't kill anybody because that's not good. Yeah, it's funny. That's the thing about it is that it becomes, it, it, it's like they're trying to show you when this ro- robot becomes self-aware and it starts to really learn and, and, and read and get as much of you know input as possible, um, the logic starts to creep in and the logic shows that kind of like the way humanity should be, right? Like killing is not okay. You cannot do this kind of a thing. Uh, so much so that I love the part. There's a part where he, this this robot, 
reprograms three other robots <laughs> <laughs> that, that end up becoming Mo, Larry, and Curly of the Three Stooges. <laughs> That was that was pretty good, and and you know they paid off that callback very. Or that was a great callback yeah. that they paid off earlier in the movie, where he just kind of is flipping through the TV, and sees the Three Stooges, and he takes inspiration from that, and learns how to. Well, he reprograms himself with a lot of things, which yeah. we learn later in the movie, and and um, you know, there, there's a lot of callbacks and references in this movie that play off very well, mm-hmm. that are paid off very well, rather. Yeah, um, but in terms of the plot, you know, it's it like I said, it's it's like a an ET with robots. Um, Would you say fish out of water? Yes, basically, it's a fish out of water story. There you go. It's it's like it's like splash. Um, now, it does have its faults. <laughs> this plot, mm. there's so much in this thing. Like you said, you're talking about a guy that's as brilliant as he is, and and why does it make it seem like you know Gutenberg and and uh, the other guy's character were locked in a room for years and years. Like they've never been out of the room since the beginning of the project ever. <laughs> I think it's because they're antisocial and they would rather be working with robots than with people. Um, that's, not, a, re- <laughs> that's not what, what Ben's Ben's all about trying to get with those women, dude. Well, uh, it, I don't think he's allowed out because Crosby's not allowed out or doesn't want to go out but i was thinking it's because the, they were afraid he's going to rape someone well i mean look i mean that look at the way he like, behaves yeah lord uh his pants were on, or what do you say it's time to spread your legs because he kept saying like the raw he kept yeah. he was, he's biff he is biff from yeah. back to the future yes make like a tree and get out of here yeah but he, you know, but, but the, the way he's playing it is is like it's because he's foreign and doesn't understand it you know what i mean because yeah. it is a it is a thick you know indian accent mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna get to that in the cast, but um, mm-hmm. but throughout this, yes, there there's that's a that's part of like one of these running gags throughout the whole movie is he uses the wrong phrases at the wrong time, but you know what he means because of the way it's inferred. Yeah, yeah, it's it, the context. It, it makes sense. It's supposed to be. I think he's supposed to be like the comedic relief that's not pulling that's not pulling attention away from from Senor Goot, um, mm-hmm. but you know. Uh, the Goot, his character, Newton Crosby, P.H. Dork, uh, he, uh, uh, as he's referred to as at least once in the movie, he uh, he doesn't want to go hobnob at all. Right. Which, right. which is why I think that he wants to stay locked in that room with no sunlight, but yet be like a, a slim, trim, buff uh, beefcake uh, right. of, a, of, a, of an 80s permed mullet scientist <laughs> who always wore a name tag. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, he had a, a like his his rocking '80s T-shirt, which was I think semi-see-through, the white, like the off-white with little with little yeah. tiny little dots, not the Dusty Rhodes big dots, but the yeah. the tiny little um, specks. It looked like he was wearing a vanilla bean colored T-shirt, quite <laughs> honestly. And he had like that old school, really thin, like single line name tag right on his uh, like on his left. Oh, I didn't uh, even notice chest. But it wasn't straight like it should be. It was like slightly at an angle. Like he didn't pay attention to his appearance. Ah, okay. Probably because he wore the same shirt throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's Dude. like an episode of 24. This, yeah. Some of these characters for me were a little um, interesting. Yeah. I really mm-hmm. can't wait till we get into some of the, char- the characters. But the storyline, like I'm always, I'm always interested to think about like when you watch how film uh, screenwriters write these films, right? The, the, the choices that they make in terms of what these characters are like or their living conditions. So really, 
what is what what they're in Oregon and this woman has a, a zoo basically in her house a zoo temporary though right but it's, it's it, the idea is is she's this kind of woman who takes in animals when she sees them on the road if they're hurt um and I guess I guess it does kind of play into the fact that she was quick and to to take in you know number five as soon as she because at first she thinks it's an alien. You know, she's talking to him saying, is this really she's a you? believer, though? Yeah. Is this really you or is there somebody I, inside I there? I knew they'd always I knew they'd always come for me. Yeah. She's she, one I of those. She, she's a bleeding heart for animals. Yeah. And and unfortunately, I say this with uh, a little bit of experience behind it. She is. Ali Sheedy's character in this movie is exactly what happens if you feel like you need to save every single animal. And I don't say that with disdain. No, I say that I with, get it. yeah, you know, I say that happen. with, yeah, it will happen. And, and I say that with the utmost admiration uh, to those people. She doesn't have the means, the space, the time or attention to do it, which means that those animals will suffer just as much, if not more. You know, you can't save all of them. I know that. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you're talking to a guy who had 15 horses at one time. Good not Lord. my choice. Yeah, not my choice. That was expensive. But um there were other parties involved in that decision. I didn't uh, notice that they have one of those signs at the end of the film where it said oh, no animals were harmed during the make of this film. Oh, really? I was wondering. I don't. I didn't notice because during this scene, there was a lot of scenes through this where the animals are just kind of wandering and doing whatever they want. There's like cats falling into boiling pots of water. I mean, not really falling in, but like crawling across the stovetops. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what is going on here? Like, it, it's it was a it was it's a very strange thing, but I guess it does. It works for the character in terms of her wanting to take in a robot. Uh, but there was just you know I don't know this. The other piece that caught me was why why is this this you know military developmental you know contracting company why did they need so many dogs with their guards did you notice that one guard station where the the you know the cars went in and out there was like five guys guards that all had five Ger- like german shepherds with them mm, um because the military application i suppose you need the dogs though i mean, I mean the I guns aren't army, enough <laughs> i don't think that army battalions have that many German shepherds, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. I think I mean, they had like a, they were, they were, they were kind of sub subletting part of that building out to the, you know, the local SPCA. No, definitely not that. I was like, maybe they, it was a training facility. Maybe, maybe they're robot dogs. I was going to say maybe they're robot dogs, dude. Yeah. Uh, but I, I remember when, when I was watching that, I was it like, was what's Boston with all the dynamics? Dogs? The, Boston dynamics was on the other half of that, of that building. <laughs> Oh man! All right, dude. Uh, you have anything else to say on the plot? Let's move on, or before we move oh, on. Oh yeah, I do. Cast, oh, what you got? By far, I do. Let's go. The uh, so uh, with, with the with the plot with the characters, at least in the eighties, it's so formulaic. You have to have, you know, your Steve Gutenberg, the 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 brains behind everything, um, the logic, if you will, mm-hmm. the um, and then you have to have, you know, Scroder G W Bailey, who was the the muscle, you know, you have to have those two warring factions, you know, they has fight. Yeah. Um, you have to have that, that yin and yang. Uh, and then you have the guy caught in the middle who was the boss, uh, the former scientist, whatever they have. Uh, what was his name? Um, Frank? No, the, not Frank. The goofy guy? The the guy that pulled a gun on him later. At, at what, <laughs> who, oh, whose yeah. boss, yeah. right before they fire him, pulls a gun on their their constituents, their, their subordinates? Jeez. Uh, Howard, that was his name. Um, 
but yeah, it's uh, you have to have that yin and yang in, in 80s movies. And then you have, you know, Stephanie and her ex-boyfriend, Frank. And, you know, oh, man, what a relationship five. that was. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> was the word toxic comes to mind. Just a little, but it, it was so half hearted. It was such half hearted toxicity. You know what I mean? I was just like, because you get what they're doing with the character that they're really trying to make him seem like he's super abusive. But like he doesn't really throw her down. He kind of lays her on the on the ground a li- that, slightly rough. You know what I mean? But <laughs> that might have been uh, Ali Sheedy saying, I'm a star. No one knows who you Ryan are. McNamara is. <laughs> so if you whip me around like this, like you think you need to to make it look real, don't. Yeah. I'm Ali Sheedy. <laughs> I went to school on Saturday. How about you? <laughs> to which I can say I did too. And it was a school day. It was, it was never as cool as the, sh- the movie. What's um, that? I said it was never as cool as the movie. Oh, well, it was a field trip. It was. I'll regale you with this story later. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Let's move on to the cast, dude, because we're already we're getting into them and we're going to discuss the cast and these and these characters. So let's get into it. First of all, like you said, we've got Steve Gutenberg. So did he had he already done Police Academy by now or was that yeah. after this? So he had so he had already worked with G.W. Bailey. Yeah, Police Academy 1 came out in 1984. Police Academy 2 came out in 1985. Cocoon came out in 1985 as oh, well. that's right. He's in Cocoon. Police Academy 3 came out in 1983. And then right after that, Short Circuit came out. Holy hell. Police Academy 4 came out in 1987. Yeah, I'm starting. I'm looking he, at, at his uh, his list here, and you can see basically about about starting 1982 is when he started probably with having Diner, his yeah. name known, you know, with Diner. Uh, but then you know he's just got a run of 80s movies that ha- a lot of them are pop culture, you know, iconic in pop culture. Um, all the way what Three Men and a Baby, High Spirits. Yeah, dude, he's got a lot Cocoon of good movies too. in here. But then there's a nothing until 1995. Yeah. And then another gap from 98 to 2002. Just kind of disappears for a while, comes back around again. He reinvents his mullet. <laughs> the glorious mullet. But he's been working. Here's the thing. Steve Gutenberg, you say the Goot or mm-hmm. Gutenberg, and people are like, well, they're not talking about the guy who invented the printing press. Right, exactly. Uh, so they have to be talking about Steve Gutenberg. But like since, nine, since 2008... He has put out something, uh, um, something being a movie, every year since 2008, but w- but name one that yeah. you know of. No, exactly. Um, he no, was in an episode of the Goldbergs. Was he? Uh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, five, in fact. And Schooled, which is the Goldbergs. Spinoff, um, yeah. Spinoff. He was on last week tonight with John Oliver. Hmm. So he plays Newton Crosby, right? The designer of all these prototypes, and he play he does play he plays him basically like he plays a lot of his other characters. Mm-hmm. He's not. But they very, don't put techno bob babble in there for him to really. It's just straight. It because my guess is because all that is still a an unknown concept, and you're like, well, you need the transistors, and you need the circuit board, and you need to solder everything. They figured all that part out was showing you how they were like in the eighties yeah. intro. Yeah, of, yeah. You know the, the production. The, exactly. They're like, all right. Well, and I'm like, oh, that guy's soldering a, a circuit board onto the 
you know, under the motherboard or, mm-hmm. on, you know, and then, oh, they're, they're inst- installing cards. And she's like, uh, great, cool. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't do anything in terms of like, oh, he is this character. And, and again, he's just kind of Gutenberg in this. Uh, you, you watch any of his movies from the 80s. It's the same. He's got the same. There's barely any range in the way he he pulls off the character. Uh, but it, he doesn't need to, though. It works. Yeah, it still mm-hmm. works. It, it's like, OK, all this the is who this guy stuff, is. I think all the all the techno stuff was done well because it was a robot talking about it yes and he figured showing that he figured out how he was designed programmed and redoing everything yes um speaking of the robot that did that so we had to have a voice right for this robot it wasn't a, a real legit robotic voice they used a guy by the name of tim blaney he was a he's a puppeteer voice actor i was just looking at this he also did the voice for frank the pug in men in black and men in black 2 Hey, he owes Will Smith's friend money. <laughs> Remember when he's shaking the dog? And yeah. the, <laughs> he's like, oh, the dog. Or Tommy Lee Jones was shaking him. Oh, God, yeah. He's also, let's see, he did a, he did puppeteer work in uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Um, he did puppeteer work in Flight of the Navigator. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Um, so funny story about Flight of the Navigator and also the Muppets 2011. Um, funny story about Flight of the Navigator. I was talking to a fella last year at Fayetteville mm-hmm. who is on, um, John, his name is Jonathan, um, I'm having a, a dumb moment, uh, John Anderson, not the musician, not the country artist. Okay. Uh, he's an actor. He was in a lot of the Marvel movies and a lot of different movies. He's the tall guy that, you've ne- that you would never notice in the background because he's covered under about a thousand pounds of makeup. But we were talking at Fayetteville, he was he was paid to be there, much like Butterbean, Arn Anderson, Sergeant Slaughter, mm-hmm. and we were given a table right next to him. So we talked all weekend, and he came over and sat down, and I made a random offhanded reference about Flight of the Navigator, and that spurned a 25-minute-long conversation about Police Academy. And I'm like trying to steer it back to his to his career and just be like, hey, so you know, let's talk about you. And he's like, yeah, so Police Academy 3 was probably my favorite one. I'm like... <laughs> okay, I guess this guy doesn't want to talk about himself, so I just went with it. Mm-hmm. But Flight of the Navigator just tied in, you know, he's like, oh yeah, Flight of the Navigator. And how about, uh, like, we talked about the Blob 1955 and everything else. Nice. And it was just the weirdest reference that I could think of and make. And he's like, oh yeah. He just you just jumped right this on one? It. Yeah, he's like, you ever see this one that's just like that, but a little bit weirder and darker? I'm like, no, maybe I will. So anyway, who was this guy? What did he do? Uh, he uh, his name is uh, John Anderson, and he's done a ton of movie work, but like uh, on, on screen. As, oh, on screen, okay. Yeah, uh, and he is known as John Anderson. He was in Guardians Two, um, Stranger Things. Uh, he was in Doom Patrol season one, Tag, Black Panther. Oh, so yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. He was in Spider-Man Far From Home. He was in The Rocks, Jumanji. So he's, uh, yeah, if they need a really tall guy that can handle CGI, he's that guy. There you go. But yeah, Flight of the Navigator just spurned like a 25-minute conversation on cam- on Mike with him. It was uh, it was an adventure, let's say that. Which is weird because it spawns a conversation about Police Academy, which stars the goot. What the hell, dude? It all comes full circle. Well, and Tim Blaney in... Flight of the Navigator and Short Circuit. Oh, there you go. There you go. You know that, that's the whole reason I brought that up. 2004 SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Have you seen it? Uh, is that the one with David Hasselhoff? 
not where sure. He's the surfboard. But there's a, a, a there's a character called Goofy Goober. I can't remember what, who Goofy Goober was. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm really I I couldn't even tell you. But Tim Blaney did his voice as well. So Tim Blaney, you know, he's been here and there, and and all different uh, generations will know the guy's voice work. But we knew him as you know number five, which later he would end up you know be called calling himself Johnny Five. Um, Ali Sheedy plays Stephanie Speck. So this is the woman who befriends number five, who has her own. Uh, what is that? It's um. Snack shack. It's a, a food, food cart, right? A food truck. Yeah. Back before food trucks went crazy, she had her own food truck. Um, Ali Sheedy, so again, we know I knew her from Breakfast Club, you know, St. Elmo's Fire, those those Brat Pack movies. And she just seems she seems like what happened a to the character actor? in <laughs> she yeah. Oh. She she looks like what happened to the character from the Breakfast Club after she just kind of got out of high school and got out of that kind of you know, dark phase because she still has that weird, quirky way of acting. And I don't know if that's just the way she is because I don't remember her much in other movies, but she's very strange, right? Isn't she kind of like twitchy to you or is it just me? Uh, Yeah, she's got like that that knee jerk, like physical knee jerk reaction. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's very strange. It's like she's popping and locking every time she makes, (laughs) every time she has a reaction. But Check this out. Who knew that the girl that was in War Games and The Breakfast Club and Short oh, Circuit right. 1 too. and then Short Circuit 2, but just her voice um, because they're, the Goot and and um, Ali Sheedy were like, we are not doing this hot garbage again, uh, was also in Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. What did she? What was she? She was in a, a Pam block. She was. In, it says cameo, so it was just a real quick scene. Oh wow! Uh, she was also in, uh, and we, we got to keep going pretty pretty far down the list here, uh, to more current times where she was in X Men Apocalypse as Scott Summers' teacher, a very brief cameo. Really? Uh huh. Weird. Isn't that an interesting little thing? That's a. It's quite a quite a filmography. But yeah, she's um in this movie she plays this this girl as being very uh gullible and and very naive. Naive, yes, exactly. Um and then the way like I said we like we said with her and this guy this uh Brian McNamara who plays her ex-boyfriend. It was such a weird like dynamic. I don't know. It, it's it didn't sell me. It didn't sell me that it felt like they were just kind of in the middle of a spat, not that they were broken up or that she couldn't really stand him. It, it didn't come across at all. You know what I mean? Um, let's see who else is on this cast. G.W. Bailey, George William Bailey. Uh, he plays basically the head. He looked like the head of security. He plays the angry police chief. Is that what it is? Is he a policeman? Because it's like well, it looked like a security he, cop. He, oh, yeah. He was, uh, you know, he oh, he was the guy from Nickel City Comic Con that one year <laughs> that, that he didn't have back the following year. Yeah. That guy was a dick and a half. Dude. A dick bag and a half. But, but yeah, yeah he, I mean, he's a cop in everything. Yeah, exactly. And it's always this kind of tough as nails uh, coming at he's you the, guy. He plays the lethal weapon 48 or he plays the 48 hours lethal weapon police chief that's always angry at something. Yeah. And always aggressive about everything. Yeah. But he was I mean he was the lieutenant in police academy. It works though. It wor- like the way he pl- he plays these characters works. So it worked mm-hmm. well with, you know, th- this character of Captain Scroder. Mhm. Yeah. Um, playing opposite the goot. Uh, they're they're the again the yin and the yang, the uh 
you know, you can't have an angry guy without having a guy that's like, eh, it's cool. I got this. Yeah. Um, Austin Pendleton, dude, he plays Dr. Howard Marner, the president of Nova Robotics. Um, mm-hmm. I like this dude. I like the guy that 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 plays him, you know, I, uh, that uh, that plays Dr. Mar- Howard Marner. Yeah, he, he has a very educated look, uh, swagger about him. Yeah, but he seemed very kind of like nebbish goofy <laughs> like when Very she call, when she calls him and remember when she calls uh and she's just like hey warmongers you know mm-hmm. can i talk to the lead warmonger <laughs> and he's just like oh uh 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 oh uh uh oh uh, Dr. Monger? i was like dude <laughs> spit it out um and maybe well, that's the that was the choice of the character maybe that's the way they wanted that character to come across but it was very weird it, it didn't feel like anybody that he's he was supposed to be leading right like he should be the leader of the entire company and and, and command some sort of of uh authority respect. Yeah. And, and respect yeah but it was definitely not there well i think with uh with him they 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 took a very much a uh, well, they, they said head warmonger, and his name is Marner. So that they played on that joke, the monger Marner, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, similarity. But I, I think you know later on in the film, you know, um, Newton Crosby, Steve Gutenberg says, "Come on, Howard, you're a scientist," and he says, and uh, Howard says, "I was a scientist. Now I'm a businessman." So I think he's torn. At the very beginning of the movie, he's like freaking out, like. Like no, like you never want to see someone at the United, I'm sorry, at the unnamed airline uh, place, uh, customer service counter doing with customers, which I have seen. It's hilarious unless you're the person that they're you're standing in front of them. Uh, you know, you never want to see a president of a company in front of any everybody or in front of like everybody like that works there. You never want to see them lose their mind. You always want to see them poised and have a clear sound vision and you know here's our next steps type stuff uh he which which leads me to believe that he may or may not be he may be new to that position and to that responsibility but also as the movie goes along he's more scientist than he is businessman that's that's my yeah take on it i could see that i could see that um i don't know he just seemed kind of defeated way too quickly <laughs> But I mean, yeah. he's like, oh, all right, we're done. Son of a bitch. Um, so that leaves us with one more person on the cast. I mean, there are a few others, but the one we're going to get to here, Mr. Fisher Stevens, he plays Ben J- Jabatuya. Sure. Crosby. Let's he plays Crosby's say, assistant. Sean, before we started, yeah. uh-huh. you brought something up and I didn't realize it. I did not know this. This makes it even more, even worse. God. Let's so say what's the most what's, problematic character? Yeah, what's the, the deal entire... with Fisher Stevens, dude? He's white. <laughs> He's American, like born in America to white families. Oh, God. And I heard he was kind of a dick, but I'm not that I can't was... confirm that. The accent is good, don't get me wrong, because I really thought you know it, he was actually an Indian guy, but I thought he was overdoing it you know what i mean like for the movie i thought maybe the guy was just really overdoing his accent only to find out that it is completely a fake accent wow now i will tell you very cringeworthy yeah now i work so the company i work with we hire the best candidates Mm -hmm. Uh, they have to live in the united states because that's the way banking works and we're a banking consulting company so our charter is just for 
banks because mm-hmm. we are regulated by we're not but we're audited by right and our customers are audited by the united states you know banking institutions the fdic and uh, you know this different state banking divisions we have several people uh, at least one or two that are from that region of the world that ben is uh, depicted to be from and some that are a little bit more in you know in like the 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 Israel, Jerusalem, mm-hmm. uh, Jord- Jordanian uh, areas of the of the world, and they have accents. Very easy to understand. They have a firm grasp on the world because anyone that's learning English as a second language, or in most cases third or fourth, mm-hmm. because uh, they have a much firmer grasp on English than Ben does. Uh, <laughs> they may have accents that are as thick, which is why it was like, all right, this is actually really well done. Um, but when you're born in Chicago <laughs> and uh, and you describe yourself as a quote from Wikipedia as a white Jewish kid from Chicago, mm-hmm. hmm, that might be problematic. Yeah. Now, it is the 80s, right? So there, so wasn't, problematic. This, there wasn't this kind of wokeness in terms of you really should try to, to you know cast people from specific backgrounds if that's the character or whatever the case is uh but like you said it's it 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 sounded good i really did think he was indian i thought he was again just kind of overdoing it slightly i think the thing that kind of was was more cringe for me was the fact that and i get it was for comedy so back then it was probably funnier but now now watching it it was like they're just trying to make him sound like an idiot. Like he just doesn't understand any kind of, you know, American phrasing or, or, or references. So everything he keeps saying is just slightly off. Like he says the word or the phrase correctly, uh, but then, you know, switches a letter here or there. So it makes it a completely different word. Um, and then dude, the, the boner part, dude, I just could, when he said that, I was just like, Oh my God, did he just really say that? I mean, I don't think I've ever hung out with any friends that guy friends where I was just like, all right, dude, you got to tell me what it was like when she touched your hand because I'm rocking a massive boner right now. <laughs> like what? What? Yeah, there was um, <laughs> there was a lot of problems with this character, let's say. <laughs> yeah, definitely um, don't leave him around your daughters. This dude was like or or grandmother. <laughs> I mean and I mean anybody. It's like I think that okay, let's play a fun game here. And I'll go first. I'll pose the question <laughs> and then I'll go first. What do you think Ben's qualifications are for a woman? So, I'll go first. He So, I think he would say something to this effect. Uh, I'm interested in a woman with arms and legs. But she doesn't always have to have those. <laughs> yeah, basically. I just need her there. Okay. Breathing, Mentally and physically. Not breathing. Eh, it doesn't matter. Oh. Just as long as she's there. Uh, I mean, she has to willingly touch your hand. They may- you can't like... <laughs> Although, <laughs> do you remember when when he's... Uh, when when they all get to, at the at the pier? Uh-huh. And, uh, and he keeps throwing her, uh, Stephanie, down. And she's like, I think you're just throwing me down for my own gratification for your own gratification he's like no you know whatever and then eventually he's like i did repeat enjoy repeatedly throwing you down for my own satisfaction (laughs) good lord way way to way to take a hint or take a you know i don't know 
dude there's just so much know, about know your it. place or know, know your audience and know the scene know the um there's a time for levity yeah that's not dude there was so much about this character that nowadays just would not fly uh but the do way they think do you up? think that this movie is so far under everyone's radar <laughs> that they just haven't found it yet to be like cancel the movie I do. I really do, to be honest with you, because I feel like if uh, I feel like this is one of those ones that people would be like, you can't do this. You can't do this at all. This is not allowed to exist ever again. I think it'll come up if they do move forward with a reboot uh, because this movie. people After will this go episode. back and look at it, dude. They're going <laughs> to our, our, our episodes going to inform the world. We're going to be the next Hannibal Burris. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, dude, his characterization, it was always it always seemed like these two guys were really made to feel like they were 14 year old boys who are just now realizing girls exist. They heard about them. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's yeah. So there were three voices, uh, for the, uh, the other saints, numbers one and two and three. Um, number four didn't say anything. Uh, but number one was voiced by a fella named Jack angel who, as I look here, was born in the 1930. He, Chris, to tie it back into a couple months ago, or a couple episodes ago, did voices for, where'd it go? For the Transformers. Yep. And G.I. Joe, a real American hero. And also the Turtles TV show. I mean, he's one of these, like, you just look at his filmography and you're like, wowzers. Nice. Yeah, there were yeah. There, there were three other voices on there. Um, yeah, uh, number two was voiced by Cam Clark. Also did uh, some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, his his list is long. Animation, mm-hmm. dubbing. Uh, you know, like he was in the Akira dub. Oh, nice. He was uh, in the Marvel anime X Men. He played Professor X. He was the voice of Aladdin. Yes, that yeah. Aladdin. Yeah, that's uh, uh, you know, and I, I read somewhere here he was in Metal Gear Solid, like the the game. Where'd mm-hmm. it go? I oh, see but. number three was a, a big time Hanna Barbera voice actor. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, dude, he was Liquid Snake in all in the first two Metal Gear Solid games. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, uh, the third one being um, Don Messick. Yeah. I mean, this guy's list is about three miles long. Forget it, dude. It's everything Hanna-Barbera's in here. As you scroll down, you're looking at names like, you know, Boo Boo Bear, um, Muttley, Astro from the Jetsons. Speaking um, of the Jetsons. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, dude, it's insane. Insane. Um, I love that about voice actors, too, because it's always it, that's that's something that's like because you don't see their face. It's It's got to be that kind of thing of like, oh, I recognize that voice. Who is that? And then you go and you're like, oh, so and so who also was the voice of so and so. Well, there's a documentary uh, I watched on Netflix about two or three years back, and it's been on, you know, in and out, in and out of various um, streaming services. Uh, it's called I Know That. Hey, I Know That Voice or I Know That Voice. Mm-hmm. And it just talks to like Yeardley Smith, you know, the voice of Bart Simpson. And John DiMaggio, the voice of, you know, fill in the blank, you know, mm-hmm. Bender or Jake the dog from Adventure Time or everything else that he's done. And um, I think they have Nancy Cartwright on there, too. Hmm. Nancy was the voice of Bart Simpson, still is. Yearly yeah. Smith was is Lisa Simpson. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the what was the name of the documentary? Uh, I know that voice. I'm gonna have to check that out. 
Um, anything else you yeah. want to say on the actors, voice actors? Uh, uh, no, uh, side to clarify, actors. It's, it's called I Know That Voice. It came out in 2013, and it's uh, Google tells me that it's free on Tubi. T U B I. You just have to watch 18. AT&T Not as many on Tubi. That was I watched. No, I watched this on Pluto. I watched the uh, the short circuit on Pluto TV, which had a smattering of AT and T commercials that I got tired of. After yeah, because it's just like one. repetitious, dude. They they show like the same two or three over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's brutal. Um, oh, yeah. All right, yeah. Let's get into the soundtrack. So aside from score, right, there was one song on this 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 soundtrack that if you listen to 80s music, you've heard this before. Uh, it's a band called El DeBarge, and the song was called Who's Johnny? And that's where he gets, when this music's playing, that's where he gets that nickname from, right? Isn't that where he pulls out Johnny? Uh, you can draw that conclusion because there is never any other mention of the word, proper noun, Johnny. Unless, well, unless it was one of the, uh, one of the gangsters in that old black and white film he was watching. Uh, no, it wasn't because I watched this with the captions on. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> so, I only time you saw name. Johnny was when the singing came up. Who's yeah. Johnny? Over and over. Um, I now know the words to that song because thanks to the captions, <laughs> it's almost like karaoke. Uh, but again, the rest of it is all score, and for me. This this was a film that the score fits well. It did fit. Mm-hmm. Everything works for for when they used it. You know, comedic the comedic parts had the the, the right kind of music at times. You know, the, when there was a, you know a, a, there was a spot where it was he was kind of sad or whatever, the music fit that. So there wasn't anything too you know off putting. I would say it was it, or anything memorable either. It was a it was a score that I remember as I was watching. I just thought to myself, this is working. This works well. And then again, you just hear that song here and there throughout the film. Mm. Um, and then that's it. It's it's, it's just like kind of stuck live. in your head. Yes. Over and over, <laughs> over and over and over. What'd you think of the score? Uh, the, the score definitely evoked a proper. Um, uh, it evoked the proper tone, the proper emotion and you know, it was very serviceable. It was very, uh, very industrial in its sound. Not like uh, Rammstein, but like, like um, cold mm-hmm. and like metallic in terms of like what you think of in a, in a, like an industrial strength where or industrial strength in, a, yeah. in like a warehouse or something, or a military institution or military themes. I mean, there was no there was no Patton uh, playing in the no, background. No, but uh, uh, which is also military, but it it was. You know, or fanfare for the common man, none of that. But it was it was very, very cold, very militaristic, very, you know, like um taps almost in, in that pentameter of you know, what you think of when you think of military is is I think taps. Yeah. They um it did it did though the score does have that flair, that eighties flair to it. This is an eighties film, so listening oh, yeah. to the music in the background, you can tell it's it's very much scored in the eighties. Um but other than that, yeah, it is it you know Aside from a, a hit song that 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 had that's basically an '80s song, it's got an, an '80s feel to it. Nothing else much to say about the score. It, it was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's move on to the special effects. The robotics is. I mean, do we even consider the robotics in a special effect? Like, is that? I mean, because it's a practical, but it's it's also the character. Well, some of it was 
practical, but then there was some that was, there were some effects that were realistic. Yeah. Or not real. They were all realistic as practical, Sean. Uh, The, uh, there were some special effects, some overlaid CGI. Yeah. Uh, I did like that AR, that holographic, like, you know, top, top down uh, map that they had where they were tracing him. Yeah, that was um, actually pretty cool. I thought that looked good. The the light beam that came down mm-hmm. so you could see where he was. Um, the uh, the terminals were kind of like alien terminals mm-hmm. um, in the in the vans, and the lasers were definitely yes. you know just an overlay of light or maybe just a laser pointer with uh, you know with bombs that were placed properly you know in the at the beginning scene and and whatnot, but. There was a an effects team I saw in the credits, but there wasn't uh, a huge listing, uh, or a, there wasn't a lot of uh, visual uh, effects that were more than green screen. Right. Yeah, because we do we have some green screen in there. Um, yeah, much, a lot of it practical. You know, your explosions at the beginning those looked good because again we've discussed in in these shows how you know you can have explosions and they looked they look more like you know sparklers you know with some some flashbang and smoke and, and then you have explosions that look legit and and look look done well and whoever they had doing those you know it looks good the explosions looked great um even the lasers you know when at the beginning and, and they're the the uh the the machines the saints are shooting their lasers it looks decent it doesn't look hokey it looks pretty decent um for the movie you know for the time easily mm-hmm. um yeah other than that there was you know it's not too it's not too over the top with with special effects a lot of what no, we're seeing is it's he's legit robotics. There's no real CG happening with him when he's moving around. I'm trying to think of a time when it was, when there wasn't a very obvious CG effect, and there were some. Mm-hmm. I just can't, I, I see them in my mind, but I can't actually think of where they were, where they were placed in the movie. Because for some stupid reason, and I'm not thinking about the parachuting off the bridge initially. Uh, toward the beginning of the movie but there was a time when it looked like he was transposed over top of the what was filmed um the film itself i guess you could Mm -hmm. say Uh, and i can't remember what it was so i don't remember (laughs) it's all good dude um but yeah you know other than that i think you know special effects there was there wasn't anything that threw me off that maybe be like oh god this is horrible this was not robocop I swear to God, from now on, I'm just gonna look at RoboCop as like that's what that's where we gauge was this good enough to be above or below RoboCop, and it's definitely above RoboCop easily. This was ILM graphics compared to RoboCop, <laughs> which was three years later. Exactly, exactly. All right, dudes. Oh wait, three years later from Short Circuit, mm-hmm. 1989. Come on, dude. Are you serious? What is <laughs> that? Whole, they they just they just dropped the ball on that that department there in RoboCop. Um. All right, let's I'm go. Sorry. It was. I'm sorry. It was the following year. RoboCop Two was 1989. But still, dude, still. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's that Godzilla animation. Oof. Oof. All right, man. Let's go on to some of our favorite, you know, scenes, quotes. Obviously, one of the most famous quotes of this film: "Johnny Five is alive. I'm alive." Mm-hmm. You know, I remember being a kid saying that. Number five is alive. Um, need input. More input. Input. Like, nice wow. software. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mm. So much, dude. So much. It's uh 
I mean, just just seeing Johnny Five too, the, the 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 robot himself moving around, doing the things he did as he was learning. You know, that was cool. I remember seeing as a kid, just thinking how cool that was. I really did think it was cool. I thought it'd be awesome to have a robot. I was like, I oh, wish yeah. we could have a Johnny Five. You joke, but you can <laughs> stop. You think? No, 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 no. You got to put some work in. Um, someone on Thingiverse has released a fifty. Like I don't know how many parts it is. It's a lot. But you can 3D print your own Johnny Five, and then you got to put it all together. Well, yeah, but jeez. I mean, it, it doesn't work. It just sits there. Oh, but if you got gray filament, I mean, I could have a Johnny Five sitting right behind me, for, like just peeking over my shoulder. A life size one. Would what? I do anything smaller than that? <laughs> I mean, maybe as a test print, right? But no, dude, that's insane. Um, yeah, I think I think just seeing him and a lot of those scenes where he was learning, I remember those from from being a kid. Um, you know, other than that, I mean, I I wouldn't say it's my favorite or memorable, but it, it was one of those things that I'll, I won't forget. Was was just when they were driving, and I'm just thinking to myself, how how does this guy who's building robotics not know how to drive? And he's like, oh, it's been a long time since I drove. What do you mean it's been a long time? Well, Do, I don't know, Rodney Dangerfield. Tell me. Does he literally? The way you just said that, it's been a long time since I drove. Does he? Does he live on the base? Like he's he never. Like it, it's insane. I don't know. I just feel like it, it. It was a weird. It's a weird piece of that. But other than that, well, okay. So since you said that, it seems like they just take this guy for granted. Like, oh yeah, we just invested eleven million dollars per robot, and. Yeah, the guy that designed and developed and programmed them, f him. Yeah, he's eh. just kind of there. Well, you know, we got it from here. Just keep work, and I love it. Right, he's working in this room that's uh, it's at this this military uh, or a, a war type of a, a company. Right, they're they're building war machines, and he's in there working with robotics so that it's learning how to play the piano or playing yeah. the piano. You know, because I mean? he developed them initially for non-military applications. Yes. Um, anything else stick out to you in this film? Um, I mean, it it was goofy. the 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 scene where where Frank comes back after he's uh, he realizes that there's uh, that there's uh, a reward out for for Johnny Five. Oh and, yeah, uh, and then eventually, uh, you know, he falls back and Johnny falls back into the chicken coop, and then eventually he goes over, and uh, Frank's like, "Where's my car?" And it's just completely apart <laughs> all across the, the 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 field. Yeah, that's pretty funny. And then he starts shooting at him, shooting the, the lasers at him. Shoots the belt buckle off. Yeah, that was pretty good. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right, dude, let's get into our ratings here. Let's let's give our last thoughts and ratings on the film. Um, I'll go first on this one. It's been a long time since I saw this film, and it, it definitely – it wasn't anything that I held in regard like – uh, never ending story. It wasn't that. It wasn't like, oh man, I hope this, you know, watching it again isn't going to ruin it for me. It was more along the lines of, man, let's watch this again. It's been a long time since I saw this. And it definitely, for me, there's a lot in this movie that is pretty good. It's entertaining um, for what it is. Uh, but then there's a lot that just doesn't age well, right? And sometimes that's just what it oh, is. Oh, like what? <laughs> sometimes that's <laughs> what it is uh you can you know not all the films will age well a lot of times films are kind of a product of their time so there's a lot in this film that you, you watch and you're just kind of you cringe at or you're just you just kind of roll your eyes you're like oh god really but overall for me the film was enjoyable it was fun you know it was goofy there's a lot of goofiness to it um 
even though, you know, again, there's certain characters, you're just like, what, why, what's, what's, what's the motivation here? Why are they acting this way? Um, is it something that I'd be like, dude, I got to watch that again next year. I got to make sure or put nah, probably not. You know, if it was on TV and I had nothing to do and I was laying on the couch and I was tired and the remote was across the room and I didn't feel like getting up, I'd leave it on. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't be forced to go turn it off. Um, if somebody said, Hey, sh- is this something I need to watch? Not really, you know, but if you want to kind of see that the time, the era, um, if, if you want just kind of a, a movie, you don't have to think about in terms of, you know, complexity. Um, they basically just feed you everything. This is what's happening and, and just go along with everything is very surface here. There's not much undertones in the film. Uh, this is the kind of movie you want to watch. Also, if you're in the mood for a movie that has, you know, something like a robot that you know you can you can kind of like it's 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 uh i don't know what's the word i'm looking for it's attractive to kids they see a character like this and that and they're like i love this character you know and you could see it this is baby yoda before baby yoda right this is this is like the the thing that it feels like this was made for kids like there was going to be toys at some point in the future you could see you know hollywood execs going like this is the film, and that character is gonna. We're gonna be making some money off of this. It was fun. It's a fun ride. It's okay. I'm gonna be giving it, and we're doing this out of forms of input. Yeah, uh, I thought we we're doing it out of Saints, strategically oh, Saints. artificial import, strategically artificial intelligent nuclear transport. And we got to say the whole thing. All right, so out of <laughs> out of five Saints, I'm gonna give this movie just a solid middle of the road three. It was enjoyable. It was fun, but it wasn't anything that I'm telling people they have to go see. Um, and, and and I'm not going out of my way to seek it out and watch it again at some point, unless it's again to to talk about it or or analyze it or whatever the case is. So I'm going with a three, three saints out of five. Three, huh? Well, yeah. I only have one thing to say to you, laser lips. Your mama was a snowblower. <laughs> That's a good line, dude. That was a good line. Oh, that was fun. I. I and the funny thing is I only remembered that because I, as you were talking about action figures, I Googled short circuit action figures. Yeah. And there is a t-shirt that has, Hey, laser lips. Your mama was a snowblower. <laughs> Did they have uh, action to- toys though? I feel like this would have been something that they should have been cashing in on. They should have been. Um, there's, I mean, I'm finding a lot of Etsy. I don't know how much uh, demand there is for a Steve Gutenberg action figure, but but the Johnny well, Five dude, like I could see, you know, pop culture depends. nerd heads wanting something like that. Are, are you asking Mrs. Gutenberg if she wants a, uh, a Steve Gutenberg <laughs> action figure? Or are you asking the public? Because on T Public there is a shirt that says uh, with Johnny Five, uh, he's talking to Wally and he says, "I am your father." Oh with yes, his super grouchy red eyes, which I love the red eyes, by the way. Yeah. The red eyes was a great, uh, a great thing. Um, you can buy uh, a Johnny Five short circuit. Oh, it says it's in parentheses. Uh, replica toy robot for 147 pounds. Uh, okay. And here's some plastic one. These are all. Trust me, I did a deep dive on this years ago. Because, and when I say years ago, I mean like 2010, <laughs> because this movie has stuck with me for a while. Not like. Oh, it's so deep and wow, it, was, it, it transformed my youth because it really didn't. 10 years ago, I was 27 years old. So, I mean, <laughs> there's something, there might be something wrong with me mentally. Um, I, I might be a, a man child, but I have respect for my action figures. There you go. Because they stay in the box. However, my rating. Okay. Uh, uh, to say all that, 
I can now say all this. Um, this movie, it, it has a, on paper, it has a really good cast. You know, you have Steve Gutenberg, who was the 1980s darling. Mm-hmm. Ali Sheedy, who was not long uh, from The Breakfast Club and The Brat Pack mm-hmm. uh, series of movies. Um, Fisher Stevens, moving on. Uh, <laughs> G.W. Bailey from, from um, you know, Police Academy with Steve Gutenberg. And you, you basically know that he's going to play the uptight, aggressive, militaristic guy in the movie. Uh, a great voice cast with with the robots great robot design oh yeah um, you know and you have like uh, the foil for uh, for um stephanie uh in her ex-boyfriend frank you have the foil well she's his foil uh you have you know uh what's his name uh scroder's foil in um crosby and later howard as well when he fires him at the end of the movie mm-hmm. um you have really you could tell that they put money into this movie because they don't just have paper cardboard backgrounds right i mean it was 40 million dollar move 15 million dollars to make 40 almost 41 million uh just in north america wow uh as far as what they made at the box office uh acting could be better um script serviceable could be a little better and i hate that i'm saying that because i'm thinking that my as i think these words out of my mouth, my score is getting a little lower and a little lower. <laughs> uh, the redeeming qualities are the robots are all the payoffs to the previous, um, you know, things that are seen subtly in yeah. the movie. It's not subtle to the level of like anything Marvel or Avengers. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, it's relatively subtle. Um, or at least it goes in directions that you don't think like he's going to reprogram the uh the robots to be the three stooges yeah or he's going to watch like on transformers on the junk planet he's not going to talk in um in commercials uh, oh yeah although i i am interested in finding out how that accountant in a can works <laughs> uh, you know like and, and i rewound that to re-listen i was like did he just say in a can mm-hmm. it was pretty funny i asked i asked e about that because we watched this together and she has a degree in accounting. I'm like, did they talk about this in college as a potential <laughs> you know, job prospect? She's like, I don't know what those words in that sentence mean together. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, so there were a lot of funny comments, a lot of funny statements and, and, and jokes, uh, none of which were uh, the, the uh, do we call it brown face? for fisher yeah, stevens yeah I, I don't i don't know what, what i you mean would call it is that. it's straight up it, it's effectively blackface and yeah at the time maybe now no yeah i mean the last i mean i did hear joe rogan and jamie fox talking about the robert downey jr mm-hmm. uh tropic thunder thing and he's like you can't do that now but he pulled it off real well yeah and i think that, i saw that, that, didn't he say he didn't even know it was robert downey jr Mm, that was, was a couple of years ago. That was that some, episode, yeah, there was somebody. So I remember. Yeah, it was one of the African American actors that said that they didn't even realize that that was. In like, the, he's like, like, wait, he's not a black guy. Like that was in the movie. Yeah, or just in no, general? no, no, just in general. Like he had seen oh. the movie, and then he talked about how like he was shocked to find out it was a white guy playing a black guy. I, I I'm not. I didn't hear uh, that interview. I can't so I, who it was. I, I don't know, but that's that's kind of funny that. But that does that, speak that to he's so believable. Yeah, it does speak to this because. Um, you have that performance, and then you have the 
<laughs> this but, this performance. So, but he does go all in on yeah. it. Is mm-hmm. is a thing? So, is it in, an inspired performance? And it's okay because it's so realistic. Yeah. Or is it just because it was done a no no type right. thing? Right. Uh, I mean, I guess depends on who he cites as his inspiration. It was 1986, so he can't cite Apu, right? At, you know, yeah, at, because it's that like was a couple more years, yeah, when the Tracy Ullman show did their first Simpsons shorts. Uh, so does Hank Azaria, you know, state that this character was his inspiration? Yeah, and, right. And I will say that because this came out in 1986, this came out before the first Ernest movie. And did you notice all of the Johnny Five impressions? You know where he started twirling the uh, the the washer, yeah, like it was a coin, which yep. we saw on TV, and he did a bunch of different voices. He did a lot of John Wayne, mm-hmm. yeah, it, you know, little exactly. lady. How many times so, we've seen like four movies straight now that they're all with John Wayne impressions, dude? How wild would it be if at one point, like an like at some point, there's a Jim Varney interview that comes out, like an unearthed Jim Varney thing from the Jim Varney vault, yeah. where he's like. Short circuit informed Ernest. Know what I mean? That would be wild, dude. <laughs> Blow like your we brain, connected dude. the dots. Uh, so all that said, yeah. Um, I did buy this when it came out on DVD when I was a big boy, twenty five ish. Um, I actually, I don't think I bought it when it came out. I think I bought it when I saw it on top of the five dollar bin at Walmart. Yeah, right in the middle um, of the aisle, the big round bin. Oh, it was in the middle of the checkout, pretty much. They're like, we want to get these out of here. <laughs> They're just scanning it for you. Just like, you want this, <laughs> yeah, trust like, me. Yeah, it's a penny. Do you want it? <laughs> it was like five bucks because that's the way the five dollar bit yeah. works. Um, but I, I have the, I have the case. I don't know where the disc is, so no great loss there, quite honestly, with streaming and everything. But I'm going to go a little higher than you, Chris. Okay. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to have to go three point eight five on this one. Three point eight five Saints out of five. Gotcha. And that's, Almost as many saints as we heard talk in this movie because number four didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, for the reasons that I said, but it is, I think it is a solid story. There's not, there's no detail in it. Right. Okay. You don't really notice that until you talk about it after the fact. There's no, I mean, there's stakes, but it's like he's a robot and he thinks he's alive. He thinks he's part, he's an AI that has become self aware. Mm hmm. That's really what it comes down to. And they just want to figure out how to replicate it or how to not do it ever again. Don't watch the second one, by the way. (laughs) The 3.85 will drop to a lot less than that. It might go negative. So that's that's my take on it. Nice. 3.85. Nice. It's a fun movie. I'll give it that. Like, it really is. It's a fun movie. It's not like Mm -hmm. it's it's not enjoyable. It's not not garbage. It's pretty good. Again, there's a little bit of cringe stuff in there, but it's because it's the time, you know, and it is what it is. Um, but you didn't even know about the whole Fisher Stevens thing, so you wouldn't have known that he wasn't in fact. No, the only thing white. I thought that was kind of cringe was that he was overdoing the uh, the accent initially, and that they were really trying to make him seem like kind of an idiot. And I was just mm-hmm. like, why is it? Because he's the foreign guy that he's supposed to be the idiot. But was was, know, Vince, was Vince McMahon in the writers' room? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, but so overall, man, it's it's cool. I mean, I would definitely keep keep a copy of this if that was mm-hmm. the case, you know. Because again, you know, not that you go to seek it out, but at some point, there's somebody who's never seen it. And you're like, well, you got to see Johnny Five. You got to see what this robot looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, th- yeah, I agree. That's a good that's a good rating, dude. We'll definitely keep a, a copy of that on the DVD shelf. 
Next week, dude, we're coming back with robots. Next week, we're self-replicating robots. This is going to be interesting. We're doing batteries not included. What is that, Bobby? I think it was Bobby. No, dear. It wasn't Bobby. It was just a man. Now, how about I fix your breakfast? I don't smell no bacon on. Is this Sunday? Monday and Tuesday don't smell at all because cream of weed is instant. And it ain't Thursday. I can smell Thursday all the way back to Wednesday when people put their garbage out. Well, if it's Sunday, we got to walk in the park. Um, this is a Steven Spielberg production, right? He doesn't, he doesn't direct it. He just produces this. Correct. And you want some you want a fun nugget now or do you want it later no what is it yeah give it to us now in his uh introductory screenwriters i don't know how to say it this is his first screenplay brad bird wrote this movie the director of the incredibles brad bird get out really who knew no kidding (laughs) holy cow yeah we're gonna get into that next week uh but until then guys thanks so much for listening uh, we will be back next week. While you're at it, make sure you do head over to our website, BICBP-radio.com. Check out all the other podcasts on the network. Make sure to support a lot of these content creators. They're all working hard to put out stuff for people to enjoy during the corona time, trying to you know, trying to keep you from having to go outside if you don't have to. So um, I'm, I'm done, dude. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm ready to go on from here. So you have anything else you want to tell the people before we head out? Uh, just as normal, you know, mask up, stay safe, you know, cover everything from your, including your nose down to your chin. Um, use some logic. If you don't have any, borrow one from a neighbor or a friend. If they don't have any, don't talk to them ever again. And, you know, just stay safe. There you go. So with that, we wanted to let you know it is now time to unsilence your phones.